You gotta like technology. Seriously, now there's just no limits. Mm. You can speak to anyone, anytime, anywhere. It doesn't matter what they're doing. You can interrupt that and have a conversation. Like today, we're speaking exactly. to Jason Raymond. <laughs> Jason, where are you at this moment? Currently in Australia, having a little bit of a holiday, seeing the, my grandparents. So if you're not on holiday and you're doing nothing. What do you do with yourself? <laughs> I just, I'm stepping back from the planning. I'm just letting my grandparents decide what we're doing. But today we went for a little cruise up the, the Mandara River. So that was, that was awesome. Saw some dolphins, saw all sorts. So that was, that was great. What are they doing there? Do they live there now? Yeah, they moved here back in, I think it was 97. And they started uh, a table grape farm. So yeah, they've been here for quite a while. Hello, Bur, he saw. Oh, but that must be on your mother's side then, ah? Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. So it's my my mom's parents. Okay, okay, okay. Let's not assume that anybody knows who you are. I know we've had a, a an interview in the past and we, we found out then, but people have short memories, so let's assume that they don't. If you had to introduce <laughs> yourself personality-wise, the Raybert family, they are, you know there's lots of people who don't even know the whole legacy of the Raybert family. Just give me a little background. Okay, I am 22 years old. I'm a singer and songwriter and a worship leader at Choose Life Church. Um, I was raised in a Christian household, and I must say that's such a blessing. Um, and, yeah, came out of high school, went for a gap year at Victory Gap Year in Jeffreys Bay. Met some awesome people there, really grew a lot in my worship um, understanding and the theology behind that and the reasons why. And then I came back to Pretoria and, yeah, I started just doing a whole bunch of things regarding worship at Choose Life, um, which is the church my dad runs and I am super involved in. Um, and then a few months later, I was taking over and co-leading the youth and young adults bands and leading worship in the main band there as well. So I've been doing that for a couple months to a year, plus, minus, um, and just enjoying that, studying theology at the moment, just to get a good foundation and um, an understanding of, of the basis of Christianity and everything. Because um, as a songwriter, one day people might be singing the words that I write. So I want to make sure that I've got a good understanding of theology so that I can write songs that people can sing, you know, that hmm. that's theologically sound. So that's where I'm at the moment in terms of ministry-wise and studies-wise. But my family in general, yeah, we've got blessed to have a legacy of many generations of Christians, and I can just testify to the, the blessing of that. Um, but yeah, so my my great grandpa was Christian, and then my grandpa, Pastor Ed Raybert, he went into the ministry and he started. Um, he took over a church and just grew it into the Hatfield Christian Church, and. Yeah, from there we stemmed off and we, got, we started a new church, Choose Life Church, and that's what my dad runs now. And yeah, so we've got a rich legacy of just being overwhelmed by God's goodness, you know. And obviously we can testify of, of highs and lows, but through it all we can just testify ultimately how God has just carried us, you know. And then the TV connection? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, so that's my dad's cousin. So that's like our whole extended family. Uh, so my dad's cousin, Andre Raybert, runs uh, Faith Broadcasting Network, FBN. 
Uh, they're based in East London, so they've got the River Church uh, group down there. And so they're running that whole TV station and the whole church. And there's a whole Link FM radio station there. And so that's a whole nother <laughs> can of worms. That's yeah. And then there's a whole American uh, section now in Florida where um, my dad's cousin, Andre Raybert, is actually staying now. Him and his family, and they're running um, their ministry from there. And they've actually been doing daily, I think it's week during the week or weekends as well, maybe, I'm not sure, but daily hour-long shows, just conversational shows since lockdown started. So it's it's almost like, I think, 800 days now or something they've been going nonstop. So kudos to them. That's that's awesome. The reason I was bringing that up as well, because it's it's all to do with the Raybert name. And then being part of a family with a legacy like that in South Africa. Um, I was wondering if it puts some pressure on you as a person, because if you start, if you just mention your surname, people, people know, people expect stuff from someone who's part of this. It's mm. like, it's like Christian royalty. <laughs> if I can pull your leg on no. like that one. Is it, is it sometimes a burden to bear or is it, does it open enough doors? In general, for me, there's no burden. There's no, there's no weight um, pulling me down. If anything, I'm just feeling uplifted by God's blessings or from generation to generation. And I believe that from generation to generation, they increase. And I've just been able to attest to that. And so in general, I've never regretted being a rapper. I've always been proud of it. Let's talk some music. Um, you're part of a whole music team there at your congregation. Um, and, mm. uh, and, and, and as part of, a, especially if you now lead the team, because we were talking about expectations now, um, I know they're Christians and I know they worship leaders, but sometimes uh, it takes, it takes a, a lot from you as a person to be the facilitator of people's talent and expectations. They've got expectations as people. I mean, every one of them has got something to say and, and want the platform to say it. To be someone who's <laughs> a leader over that can sometimes be a, a, a chase game, isn't it? Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it's especially where you're trying to balance. Because in, in Christian circles, you can never, you're always doing things out of love. And you're wanting the best outcome for the person. In the secular world, you can easily let someone go and not worry about what their next step might be. But in terms of being in a church setting, uh, any move I make can reflect badly on church in general. And further than that, it can, ref it can give people a warped idea of, you know, the love of, of God. And, and from there, it can just stem all the way down to people's perception of, of authority. And to me... It, it definitely adds a lot of complications, possibly, but I've, I'm just taking it one step at a time, you know, and doing the next best thing. Because um, sometimes, sometimes you got to make a hard decision. Sometimes decisions are easier, but I've just. Yeah, like I say, the next best thing. I don't know how better to say that. <laughs> no, you know what? Uh, why I'm asking about the dynamic is because it's a Christian environment and because you want the best for each person, but you still have the thing that some people are more talented than others and some people are easier mm. to work with and some people pitch for the practices more, you know? When, when you get together and you've got an appointment for everyone to get together and there's always someone who's, who's regular, they're there, but they're not the best. 
that that type of dynamic where in the uh, it doesn't matter how conscientious you are in the world if you're not the best you won't get the gig you know but that's you mm. don't sort of have that luxury there's there is a balance in all of that decision making mm. for me the more important than a talent is someone's heart and and what are they striving towards and obviously there needs to be a level of talent and skill but for me, I'd rather have slightly less competent musicians on stage who's on fire for God than little Pete who's out in the clubs and, and doing all sorts. Then, and he has, he's got a good talent. You know, I'd rather have the, the less talented person who's living a righteous life. I, th- I get that from Jen Johnson who also shared that you uphold righteousness and integrity in your band. And so you don't always need to use the, the, those best um, musicians because because they they might be good musicians, but if they're not living a righteous and and godly lifestyle, you don't need to use them. Because on stage, what's flowing out of your musicians is what are they what they're full of. And I want musicians who's on stage to be full of whatever God wants them to be full of, which is usually Him. And whatever a cup is full of, it'll overflow. So I don't want. For me, I've. Not to speak badly of anyone, but I've often put people on stage whose talents might not necessarily need them to be on stage, but because of their heart and the way they're worshipping, it's almost putting them on stage for an example of what worship should look like because they they portraying to those in the congregation, this is, this is someone who's set on fire for God, mm. you know? Yeah, I'm also wondering whether, and if you're talking now anointing and God's physical presence, His His tangible presence, do you experience mm. that on a on a regular basis? If if you feel that we're being authentic and we're being real with God, does do you feel His presence more then, or is that just when God decides to pitch kind of thing? Well, it's interesting because I don't. I th- obviously, God's omnipresent and He's everywhere, but I feel we can also invite Him into situations and places. And I recently read the book "Good Morning Holy Spirit" by Benny Hinn, and God is God is with Him all the time. But every morning he's, He still invites the Holy Spirit. He says, "Good morning, Holy Spirit," and He talks to the Holy Spirit. And for me, that's that's more so what it has to do with than this mystical kind of idea of. Oh, God is now here, mm, you know? Mm. It's just, it's really a relational thing of good morning, Holy Spirit. Just be, just be in my presence. Just be here now and minister to me. Open your, open the, the word to me and, and reveal things to me through that. And from that kind of lifestyle, like I said, what the cup is full of, it'll overflow. Um, so from that lifestyle, that's when you step on stage and you start ministering. And naturally the Holy Spirit will follow where, you, where you're going and, and, we will follow him as he leads and directs us because he's he's faithful to to show up. <laughs> no, I hear what you say. I totally agree with that. But there are some times where you experience God's presence, when it's irrefutable, when everybody stands there and you know that uh, when, when they talk about the heaviness in the room or when you talk, and, and it's the weirdest thing. I can experience it. And right next to me can someone can be someone who who doesn't. There is something that you can't even explain to someone that that is so precious, and you do experience it sometimes, don't you? Yeah, hundred percent. So, yeah, that 
that's for me in in times of complete surrender and i can i can stand in in the congregation be worshiping with a completely surrendered heart and god can minister to me full on and i can experience that weight of his presence and i can experience that the person next to me has an unsurrendered heart who's holding on to things and not wanting to let go and they can just be they can they might not experience anything but for me it's it's that surrender it's that letting go and allowing god you know that saying let go and let god is that's really it holds what it's true like it's it's really letting go of your control letting go of of your own hand on on what you want and just saying god whatever you want whatever it looks like i'm diving in mm. so we're releasing the song so powerful which is a worship song, and at the end it really gets worship songy. You know, it's not it's not a radio um, morning drive boof doof doof song that we're talking about here. Um, I'm wondering mm. how many songs do you write you personally? Now, Jason, do you actually craft yeah. that make it to a place where anyone else hears it? In general, so currently in my room, I've got behind my cupboard this list of songs that I've got, and most of them are like. A bridge and a chorus or a verse and a chorus. Verses are actually the, the toughest one for me to write. Bridges and choruses come easily. But in general, it's like three quarters of a way finished songs, you know. Um, and some of them are good. Some of them are less good. And some of them need to be crafted, you know. Some songs just come feel like they just flow and naturally happen. But yeah, there definitely needs to be a, a crafting that that happens. Like with so powerful, I just had the um, chorus, um, and there is no bridge. It's just an instrumental, like a free worship instrumental that just yeah happened. You know, we got together and, and we didn't actually plan to have a bridge or anything. We just planned to have a short little instrumental type thing, um, but then it turned into so much more. But the verse is what took me quite a while to to craft and so in general i'm finding myself often getting ideas in worship and and recording those ideas and then going and sitting with my guitar and just working on that um but the any complete song that i get tends to to need to be crafted together it's, it's the verse the bridge the chorus don't just come together naturally usually you you have to sit down and think and wonder does need to go low here does need to go high here and and flow from that you know and how much of that do you craft and just work on until you happy and how much do you submit to others and then rather collab so we've got a songwriting team at choose life um that meets weekly and we're writing songs we're getting songs done and then we we try to record it and that's where often a couple of my ideas I'll submit to this team that I'm a part of and we work on things together. Um, we've actually got an, an, another song coming out in a few weeks that we recorded live on Sunday morning church. And that was actually a song that I wrote and then submitted and it went through quite a, quite a lot of workshopping with the team. Um, but in general, we've got another team as well that I've just spontaneously brought about um you might you'll remember we wrote greatly to be praised mm. uh last year we released that um and it's actually that group that's releasing now so powerful coming out on saturday that um that group is more just in it's no it's no set people it's just a bunch of young people 
mostly from our Youth and Young Adults band that just comes together and I will pretty much write the song, finish the song, get people's opinions on it, but then I'll select a couple of people that I want in the band and then we'll just play through the song and workshop it like that. We won't actually change, edit the words and the, and the melody too much. That's more just form that we, we sort out after that. Okay, and then the last question, how many songs do you write that's just between you and God that's not for a congregation to convey a message? Yeah, there's there's been a couple. Um, in general, those are songs that I don't completely finish. That's just like I get this chorus to sing or I get this bridge to sing. But most of my songs that are just between God and I, that's not written down anywhere. That's me just remembering a line that I had and I like to sing that and I like to sing that. Sometimes that might come out in free worship between God and me um, and I, when I feel to let that go uh, from the stage. And sometimes it's, that's just how it is. But in general, I find a lot of my songs between God and I sits between God and I until it gets released. So a lot of it gets released and I feel to, you know, take it further. But, yeah, that's kind of my process. Okay, let's get to the song. Um, so powerful. If we listen yeah. to the song now, uh, what is it that you want us, our hearts to connect with? For me, I've been going through a journey. Just the word I want to use is almost not appropriate, but personalizing Jesus, not as an object, but personalizing him as realizing he's a person that is with me now and I can have a personal relationship with him. And this song speaks of he's so powerful. Um, your words have power. Your name is power. You are so powerful. The oceans and storms calm at your command. Um, the mountains and valleys speak your fame and all of creation testifies of your glory. And it's just speaking of the fact of how everything is completely in surrender to Jesus. And what I'm trying to convey is, is there's an absolute power but almost in that in that instrumental, I just spontaneously in the recording started singing How We Bless Your Name. And it's just the surrender of God. You're, you're, you're so much more than I could ever imagine. I just want to bless your name. That's all that could come out. How We Bless Your Name. Um, and it's a surrender. It's, it's a knowledge of that's this this whole song kind of flowed from understanding and and wanting to to give God and give Jesus the appropriate well we can never give him the appropriate praise but as much as as could be appropriate um that flowed out of a personal relationship okay